Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well, and welcome back to our final pre-season episode before round one gets underway. Joining me on this episode, as he has a bunch of times, not just throughout this pre-season, but really ever since we started the Coaches Panel, I've got Rids on. Hello, buddy. How are you, man? Hey, mate. How you going? I'm good. Look, dude, we're here. We're, We're a handful of days out from the start of the rolling lockout. It all gets underway on Wednesday evening with the grand final rematch. And really, it's the final few pieces of the puzzle we should be putting on our teams now before we get fully into it for the season. That's it, mate. Um, all the hard work's done. So we've just got a few days left, a few 50-50 calls, waiting yep. for teams. Um, interestingly, the AFL have scheduled that Wednesday game, so we won't know the teams by <laughs> Wednesday. So no, that makes it intriguing in itself. Well, that's an interesting so challenge, just, isn't it? Right there, Tuesday yeah, night, exactly, the Wednesday mate. teams gets named. Wednesday night, the Thursday teams are named. Uh, we will get some small understanding as as every club will want to give their debutants a moment in the sun. So we would get a good element of the amount of cash cows, but the guys we're 50-50 waiting on, such as a Wayne Miller, we're going to have to wait till Thursday night and then confirm for the Sunday teams with the full squads on Friday night. So there are a lot of uncertainties between Tuesday night teams getting started right through to them being fully named and released on Friday. And the worst thing about it is the Sunday teams are probably the most intriguing teams when it comes to the rookies, you know, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Frio, Adelaide, Suns, West Coast. I mean, who West Coast could pull anyone off the street this weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, what an, what a weird, weird way to start the year. Yeah. It, it's it's going to give us some challenges um, without any doubt. I, I want to go through a couple of things with your rids in our final podcast for the preseason. Although that's not entirely true. Our Patreons, they will get a cash cow guide podcast from me, walking you through along with the booklet that is over 70 pages long this preseason. We will look through all of the big relevant cows, their job security and their scoring potential. So they've got at least one more podcast lined up. But I want to get to some of the questions that we've landed over the little bit. I want to talk about trade boost strategy. Um, But Ritz, let's go back right towards the very start of what you kind of alluded to at the very top of this episode. You said now is the time for these 50-50 calls that we need to be making. And I'm curious on your take. Is this 50-50 calls of like-for-like players, such as premium X or premium Y, or is it a combination of this cow and stepping stone versus premium versus a combination of another cow premium stepping stone? What are the 50-50 combinations that should be getting through coaches' minds over these final few days? And there's going to be some one-on-one spots, you know what I mean? Like you're going, mm. oh, I've got a value option that I can afford at M4 or M5. And then you've gone, Rodio, here's a group of four or five names. And you might have someone like, say, Neil, Sarong, let's say Crouch, and let's say Cripps, okay, yep. as the four. And let's just go um, off the top of my head, 
oh, well, does that mean you jump on Crips because it's a Thursday game because you get the teams on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Or does that mean you're willing to wait to see the better matchups and the better, you know, it's a little bit of a backwards and forwards, just getting your gut feel on things. How, you know, I mean, myself, like included, I've been big on Sarong for the whole preseason. Sure. But I mean, he's gone. I haven't gone cold on Sarong. I think he breaks out. I think he's a three-year breakout option. I think he's going 100 plus, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, there's a lot of other guys in the mix now that we would never have dreamt that we were going to be considering at this time of year, you know? Yeah, of course, Crouch was one of them. But let's think, Lockie Neal, we knew there was going to be money, but around that price tag. So we know, but there was questions, wasn't there? Is he going to play midfield? Is he going to play forward? Is he going to play wing? Is he going to be pushed out in the mix? Is he not? Like, you know, who would have thought Paddy Cribs was going to come out and do what he's done in the last Uh, few weeks? Destroyed it, yeah. MJ, what about a Jai Caldwell? Only two weeks ago, Jai Caldwell was one of the most hyped players going into this. Mm-hmm. And now he's sort of like people are starting to question, get cold feet. Maybe other people have appeared. Like Patrick Lipinski. Who would yeah. have thought Patrick Lipinski without DPP was going to absolutely jump out in a salary cap format? Like, I mean, yeah. I think in the draft leagues, you might have had a bit of a pump, you know, you might have mm. had a punt on him, thinking, oh, yeah, he's a good junior numbers, he's got this, he's got that, he's got history around that, he just needs an opportunity. But, I mean, this time last year, MJ, let's go back 12 months ago, let's rewind a little bit. Mm. Would you have ever considered in your wildest dreams that Aaron Hall, and if we were applying this year's uh-uh. rules to last year, would have been the number one defender for the year, or not a Jack Zebel would have been not a chance, you or know, a two Camilla as the one of the best mids. Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, Dyson Heppel jumped out, didn't he? Yeah. After a very problematic injury affected preseason. Yeah, like you know, he's he had many years in a row, one after the other, where you know you just couldn't start him with any confidence. But and I think he even missed round one last year yeah. or round two he it was an early game season. yeah yeah but look at what he did like when he did come in you know it's like this is the time of year where you go oh but you know what the problem is mj sometimes it's too long so we start yeah. second guessing ourselves we start yes. listening to too much noise yeah so for me i tend to just walk away at this time of year i try to chill out i back my gut i've seen enough i know what i'm after but they're the combinations I'm sort of trying to work out, you know, are the last minute things like, you know, and we've spoken about rucks all year. So I don't want to speak about rucks, no. but like just say in the forward line, okay, we haven't seen Cam Rayner. We've heard a lot of noise about a Cam Rayner. Mm-hmm. We know he's going to get some midfield minutes. Sure. Was that the same sort of hype as a Zach Bailey that sort of turned into like a puff of smoke or? Mm-hmm. You know, is Will Brody the noise that came out during this week's when Nathan Fife said, I am going to play pure mid now? I had my stint up forward last year. We know yeah. we can do that, but I'm going to play mid. Does that what does that do for a Will Brody? And MJ, let's go yeah. back six weeks ago. The number one hype mid price defender was Darcy Tucker. He was nowhere to be seen. Uh, where, 
nowhere to be seen. Like, is he even going to feature in any fantasy team at this point in time? You have what are this last six to eight weeks has been an absolute whirlwind, yeah? There's no way known I would have predicted we're thinking of Paddy Cripps. There's no way known people were predicting that Matty Rao came out and looked like he did. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so apprehensive and worried, you know? And like, I mean, the priest, let's, let's be honest, like a suspension last minute throws yeah. another spanner in the works. It's just been one of those pre-season periods and I sort of wonder whether we've had it good over the last 10, 15, 20 years by having multiple games in the preseason. So yes. we get to see a lot. But what about a Wayne, I don't know, Miller. Miller? Yeah. Okay. So what do we do there? Like he was apparently came out in the practice match on the weekend and he's looked well. But yep. then you've got Nick's coming out saying, well, he's fit, he's best 22. Well, we don't know if we want to rush him. <laughs> yeah, like, right. How do you read that? Like, yeah. I mean, and this guy started as every D5, D5, D6. D6 for every team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, can we start a guy like that with no, no, with no preseason? No, that's exactly. right. So, so, I mean, what a weird, weird world we got. Like, we do get to this point of the season for some, there's a little bit of fantasy fatigue, um, which I know is crazy to sound before any footies there, but they've looked at their team so much um, that now the finesse is not just a finesse. It is unplanned major surgery. They're doing others find themselves making tweaks and going, Oh, I actually like that restructure now more. Um, and, and some are just, like you said, I'm waiting for the cows to get named and that's all I need to do. So everyone finds themselves at these really different places and spaces um, in these final few days. I, I think you've given some really nice advice though to help coaches process through some of those challenges. I, I think the biggest key takeaway I could, could give people, and again, we'll get to some Patreon questions. I want to talk trade boost in a sec for DT and super coach players. But one of the best bits of advice is if you look at your team and you don't like your team, change your team. If if there's things about it, you go, yeah, oh, it's okay it to wrong. change your mind. Absolutely. And change the structure at this point too. Enough's moved in the past 72 or 48 hours, and it will again. There, there will be a cow this week, Rids, that we are all bullish on playing that won't get named for one reason or another. There's another one that we didn't think oh, would be absolutely. in the best 22 and pop. This will happen and it does every year. Yeah, you think about it already just in the last week or so, okay? What does a Nathan O'Driscoll, who's been a feature in every team across mm-hmm. the preseason, at least once in every team, I don't think he gets the role in round no. one, you know? No, I so, agree. I mean, where does he fall? But did anyone have a Kane Baldwin, for instance? Like, about, with Harry Jones out, out the, now, he feels like he's in, yeah. Yeah, well, just, it does feel like that, you know? Sam Hayes, like, I mean, I know he's very, very raw, and we sort of were hopeful without going too much, but, like, Charlie Dixon's had a bit of an interrupted preseason. Sure. Before. You know, there is a bit of noise around and there's a bit of a feel that he may end up debuting round one. True. Like, I mean, is he the answer to all? Like, I mean, and then we've got some know. SSP guys like a Paddy Nash who a week and a half ago 
wasn't even in consideration for the AFL. Now he's likely to run out for the Eagles, who are decimated with injuries this coming weekend. It's absolutely ridiculous how quick this turns, yeah? And yep. this, and the other thing is there's a bit of unknown. Now, let's not worry about AFL Fantasy for that part. Sure. Um, with Supercoach and Dream Team, we've got trade boosts. We've got yeah. new positions being added through the year. We've got, there's a little bit of unknowns about this. And no one knows exactly what they're going to do with these um, COVID supplementary Protocols. player lists. And like, I mean, are we going to introduce everyone as a bargain price? Like, I mean, in the formats are going to have to be very much on their toes mm. and adding these guys as they come. But are they only a one-week proposition? Are they a season yeah. proposition? Are they going to stay on their list until whoever they... Rep- There's a lot of uncertainty across the board. Like, I mean, only... Let's let's be honest. All preseason, we've been thinking lock in Hugh Dixon, lock in Hugh Dixon. They've got no tall forwards. Yeah. Only just what recently, and it was a bit of a hype. Jack Darling came back. Oh, he's vaccinated. He's back at the club. Oh, you beauty. One minute later, he's He's out for four weeks. He's injured, and it's like, oh God, like how are we going to work all this? Tom Joyce looked like he was going to be almost the most selected player in the. Across all the formats, and now and he's he really was. But now he's injured. He's pretty much going to miss the year, the poor bugger, with a broken yeah. ankle. But this is what I'm saying. It's such a topsy-turvy year, pre-season, and we haven't even got to it. But no wonder people have got burnout, yeah, with this sort of stuff. And, you know, you everyone that's listening to this podcast will probably um, understand what I'm going to say. There's, this is the time of year... Everyone's on a forum, on a Facebook group, on Twitter, always <laughs> talking about fantasy. And it's nonstop information. They're going to tweak this guy, that guy, this happens, that happens. More noise. This is going on. It's exhausting, MJ. This is like a 24-7 job. Mm. <laughs> and I know you know that better than anyone. But, yeah, it's just exhausting just to get ready to play a game. And it's only a game. So, yeah, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what these next handful of days land for us. If any Bulldogs or Demons are dropping any debutants, I don't know if the Demons will. I think the Dogs are a chance with McComb potentially rolling through there. Maybe Jones, depending on what their tall stocks look like. We may see as early as Monday, AFL clubs starting to drop their social media factors of announcement of player debuts one thing we will do for you here at the coaches panel is at coachespanel.tv bookmark an article it's already up on the website so you can get it and grab it now so before teams get announced once a player is confirmed to debut that article is going to have all the sources and where you can find it so that you can actually build that structure because that is now the missing piece of the puzzle that might determine structures that might determine 50 fifties or the 30, 30, 30 call that you've got to make is which cow is playing and where. So that article is already out for you now at coachespanel.tv. You can go and check it out. You can bookmark it. So that anytime between now and Thursday night teams getting fully confirmed and revealed, that's going to be your, your true source of what cows are playing, not just rumored to play because there are ones that we know should, Barring something happening on the training track in the next 72 hours, we'd all be shocked if a Nick Dacos, if a Rochelle, um, if a Ward, if Horn a Horn Francis, Francis we, we would all be shocked. 
if they don't get named. But there's going to be some that don't, and there's going to be some that do. And that's okay. That's why that um, article at coachespanel.tv hopefully just helps you with some last-minute finessing that you've got to do. Speaking of finessing and, and some of the changes to the, the game that's come, especially for Dream Teamers and Super Coaches, before we get to some Patreon questions, I'm keen on your take. The trade boost is another interesting dynamic that this format um, of Dream Team and Supercoach has to navigate. Not just the DPP games that they've never had, but now the trade boost where any round from round two to 23, they can have an additional boost available to them, but only in five separate rounds. So in the buy rounds, they can have up to four. In all the other rounds, they can have two. You can't just go boost, boost, boost and get six trades in a week. It won't let you do that. It will only be an additional trade. I suppose the question I've got, Rids, is we'll know in hindsight what the right approach is, but should we be saving these boosts for the rainy day at the back end of the year? Or should we be getting aggressive with them if it can help turn some extra cash generation or points on field early? So this is where it gets really, really interesting. This is a new feature. Um, yeah. I actually don't mind it. Um, I was a little bit meh at the start, but I actually have come around a little bit to it. I actually think it, it leads to a little bit of um, strategy. It also mm. leads, like you can have deep benches, okay? So when COVID hits and other teams have to use a trade boost to get, you know, to get their own 22 on, you know, in their team on the ground that are playing for the week, then, and you might have a deeper bench where you can bring on a Sin or a Ward or a McCarter or whoever it is, okay? Um, it actually leads to a little bit of strategy a little bit later in the season. So, and then it's also interlocked with the DPP additions, I think, as well. Now, a lot of times with the limited trade formats, you'll find that it's very, very difficult to restructure through the year. If you've got, let's just say it's round 18 and you've mm -hmm. got your six, that six defenders that you believe are going to be your best for the year and that's going to be your keepers for the remainder of the season. And then they come and add someone who's actually better than your six. Does that mean you now need to explore the possibility of bringing them in mm. like there's a lot of lots of um let's say um a lot of strategy about this but also a lot of uncertainty so i actually think they're both aligned okay yes. so the trade boost may very well be perfect for that sort of scenario where you can you're not quite happy with who the d6 is let's say mm -hmm. hewitt you were going to leave Hewitt as a 85-90 defender for the year. You get someone that comes in um, who's 100. Let's say um, who's been spruiked as a defender these days. Pendlebury comes in, okay? Sure. Um, and he's averaging 100. And you're thinking, well, there's still 10 games left. That's 10 points extra, you know, around. There's 100 points. At the very least, if Hewitt starts slowing down or they work him out, you potentially could get 150, 200. That might be the time where you could actually activate a trade boost and make that change in that period of time. Yeah. So I, I have been trying to work out the trade boost for the better part of two months, MJ. Mm. And the uncertainty of COVID just means I don't know the right way to do this because if you go too hard, you can be caught out. 
But if you don't go hard enough, you could be caught behind. So it's one of those really, really intriguing. But what I do think could be interesting is exploring a deeper bench to be able mm. to utilise that trade boost when it best suits your needs when the season comes. Now, who would have thought that we'd be sitting here talking about a Tristan Sherry, for instance, okay? <laughs> now, absolutely nobody. And if you asked me six weeks ago, I'd say to you, well, he's third in line for the number one ruck at North and yep. he's an awkward price across the formats where, like, I think there's better options around that price point. Right? Sure. But he, he may, someone like him might become our our you know, superstar in the yeah. first six weeks where yeah. he get, picks up his ruck DPP and we might go, you know what? I missed him. But before he goes, like he's on the bubble or whatever else, I'm going to bring him in to have mm. that Jack Hayes, Hugh Dixon swing when they get, they're not best 22 anymore. And yeah. suddenly you've also got a VC loophole option as well in that ruck then. So it's a really, really interesting thing with these trade boosts. I personally think, and I always do think this way, you know what I've like, you've been <laughs> playing with me for the you know, better part of 10, 15, 20 yep. years or whatever else. Um, I like to attack. Yeah, so I like to use everything and attack when you can. So I'll be probably using a trade boost here and there in the first half of the season. Six, eight weeks, but yep. I, yeah, but I'm also one that thinks that I'm going to be in contention the majority of the year. And mm -hmm. I think everyone would understand that might be arrogant, but... You know, that's how you've got to play these games. You just yeah, got you to want plan to be confident in your abilities. The best. Yeah, you've got to be confident. But yeah. but the thing is, like, I want to have one of these up my sleeve if I am chasing a top 100 or a top 10 or whatever yeah. else later in the season. Because I think when clubs start putting some of these guys out to pasture, you know, like let's Which just say every the year. Crows. Yeah. Let's just say someone like the Crows, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, you've had Crouch as your in your midfield for the whole year. M8 for your year, sure. He's he's a bit sore with six rounds to go. Um, Crows sort of go, you know what, we're not in contention anymore for the finals. We might just give him an early mark and let him freshen up for next year. He's, he's yeah. done the heavy load. So, I mean, those sort of scenarios. Is a Took Miller going to get a break? Although yeah, same thing. a bad example. No, but it's the principle you're trying to explain, yeah. Yeah, so like a Tom Mitchell might be a better object. Like, sure. I don't think Hawthorne's going to be top, um, in the finals calculations, but no, is it Tom Mitchell's, you know, a bit sore? He's been a bit tender, you know? Is he just going to get put into cotton wool? We see it every year, don't we? we every year um, with teams not contending or teams that are contending and want to get players right for finals. And, and so it, it'll be a... It'll be an ultimately it'll be hindsight that'll be the greatest tool for us, but I, I think you need to use the trade boost for both approaches. If you're only thinking it's there as a safety net, you'll miss the opportunity to to jump on multiple guys that could be the right price point and the week to attack. Conversely, if you only see it as an attacking tool, you might miss those opportunities where the, the best form of attack sometimes is defence um, by holding off. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one that as we look back on the 2022 season, how it's used. What it does do, though, is it really makes it more important to have those guys with the better job security mm -hmm. on the bench. 
Like I, I just look at someone like uh, Corey Durden, okay, from Carlton. Yep. Now I believe he's their best small forward. I think that's um, fair. I believe he's best twenty-two all day. Yep. Um, only injury is going to probably knock him out of that picture. He That's might great. be a slow burn because he is a small forward. He might only average 30, 40 or whatever else. But guess what? That might actually help you, you know, on one of those off weeks where you don't have to use the trade boost to fix up that COVID outs mm-hmm. um, or whatever they call it, the COVID protocols. Yep. And he might just be enough to come in and score you that 30 or 40 or if he can get a 50 even. The guy's capable, yeah? So Yeah, no question. They're the types that you've got to start exploring. Like, So I think job security, albeit well, this is always a bit flimsy with rookies and stuff, sure. but just maybe it's worth going the guys that are, have the better job security because I do think those green dots across your field are – they're going to be important this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a really nice shout. I'm a big advocate in 2022 that depth in your bench is what's going to help you win it over the year, both in your starting squads and having to pay up. We are paying up for the best cows this year, more than ever before. Um, but the amount of red dots, not only do they kind of stuff up your cash generation, but ultimately it potentially risks any points on field, um, it, albeit only a rookie flavored donut is definitely the one you'd rather taste. For, for me, I, I do think it's worth paying that little bit extra to be a little bit deeper in the back, in the backs, in the mids, in the rack, in the forward line with your bench for these cows, because we're going to need them this year. Um, without a doubt, we will see guys pop in and out for a week or two with COVID protocols, but we want to see as much, consistent cash generation as we can. So I'm with you. I think this is the year of deep benches more than ever before, where we'd sometimes throw away an M11 or we'd throw away um, an R3 or whatever it is. I just don't know if we we can be prepared to throw away a spot this year. Well, I think we can, but we have to be very cautious what line that falls on. Yeah, fish out. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so let's just say someone like a Jack Hayes, for instance, that might be your R3 to start the year because of sure. DPP. Yep. Um, but let us he's not going to be in their best 22 if Ryder and Marshall are both fit. Um, and he may not even be in their best 22 if um, Marshall absolutely dominates and there's another young kid that come, drops in, you know, like, and when I say young, like someone like a Tom K. Campbell might pass. Sure. Because we're talking about Jack Hayes is only 190-something centimetres. That's pretty small for a second ruck, yeah? Yes. So, so I mean, there might be challenges throughout the year, but the, he might be the one that, that has the green dot from round one, mm-hmm. which is great. But you can plan around him having a red dot more than green dots for the rest of the year, you know? And if he doesn't, then you just bank it because that's a – that's an absolute win having a like $150,000 player, you know, in dream team or like rock, rookie bottom, bottom priced rookie. <laughs> um, having playing continual games is an absolute win, especially this year. Cause we just don't seem to have that. Do we? Especially no, in AFL fantasy. I'm looking at it and going, where are my $195,000 players? Well, there's not many. You could probably argue De Conning's one of them. Hayes and yeah, Dixon. But is he really? Sort of is he really though, MJ? I mean, 
let's I be think honest. He's got the, Jack, I think he's got the Henderson role, but we yeah, didn't but see Jack Stewart or Henry. Henry. Yeah. So Jack Henry's still to come back, and we know that he just recently played. So, I mean, even that, we, I don't know. I just, I think there's enough question marks, you know? You know, like you said, a Blick house that goes back and then with the Tui and, yeah. you know, I just don't know. And, like, the Conning's not really, he's not going to play a lockdown. Like, he's going to be more of that Roman third Versatile. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he just adds that versatility to a back line. But if Jack Henry's there, does that mean he's not there? I don't know. So Yeah, and that's the challenge. Um, and that now, kind of like, I thought Tom Joyce... Tom Joyce would have been perfect, yeah? Like, mm-hmm. But now that he's gone, it's like, is it just the Cooper Stevens? Like, is that all we're looking at now? I don't know. And this <laughs> is where it's no going hopes. to get really, really challenging because we are spending up. Even a Connor McDonald, you know, in the midfield, in AFL yeah. Fantasy, 240, that's 50,000 more. If you have six guys on your bench and you're paying 50,000 more than the 190, that's 300,000 you could utilize in well, points on the Well, it's ground. the gap in your forward line using AFL fantasy of a cherry to butters. Like that's the gap right there. Um, it's a it's a huge challenge that coaches are going to have to navigate. And and so maybe what we can do Rich, to wrap up this episode is we've got a so ton of questions from our Patreons. We'll, we'll try to power through them as quickly as we can. Some are simple answers. Some I think we've answered along the way. So I'll try to navigate them, but I'll, I'll throw them out to you, man. Here we go. Um, in Supercoach, is Lockie Weller a legitimate option over Zach Butters at F3? Uh, personally, no, but who knows, mate? I wouldn't have thought Aaron Hall was a legit defender it's option true. last He's year, got the so. role. That's the key, isn't it? He's got He's that. got the role. He, Jack Bowles is out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few players out. He may very well play so well that I just don't trust him. Do you trust him? No. Do you trust Lockie Weller? I just don't no. trust him. N- not if I've got a, a Zach. Butters at a comparable price point. Um, I'll go that. So yeah, but I, I can I see trust, it. I trust Zach Butters. I just don't trust his body at times because the way that he plays the game is too kamikaze for my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his role and his ball winning skill is I trust him. Like, yeah, I agree too. No, I think it's fair. Uh, next question is Pruce. Oh, we had to get to the rucks, didn't we? Is Pruce still a viable option despite the suspension? I think we answered that on last week's episode. Um, so you can go back and check that out, mate. Uh, here's an interesting one. Is Taranto's role still concerning coaches despite his massive score in the Amy Community Series? Yes, because he played 80% forward in that score. Why Correct. are you looking at the score? Watch the game. He, yeah. So the worry is that he's playing that forward role until Toby Green comes back. Yeah. And MJ, I think it's a little bit more worrying that if he plays that role well, there's no reason why he needs to be pushed back into the midfield anytime. They're so not anymore. shallow on mids. They're not shallow on mids. They're yeah, shallow so on targets forward of the ball. I just don't think it fills me with confidence. If you're paying that much money for someone, you want them to absolutely have the role, but he doesn't. I suppose the the flip side is his time on ground will stay high. Oh, 100%. So he, still, he could still pop the score, but it's now dependent on what he does inside the forward 50 to score well, not around the ground. 
Yeah, exactly. And there's every chance he pushes up to 90, 95% time on ground because he might play 30% in the midfield and then 65% up forward, resting up forward, and he may yeah. not need bench rest. So, I mean, he may make up for it that way, but that's a pretty... He's he's still got tape all over his shoulders. His body's been beaten up a bit. Yeah. I mean, there's question marks. Like, I just I'm happy to know. trade into him, to be honest. Like, at, I just don't think he needs. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not value. No, so, so trade into it. Yeah, take the risk out. Trade into it would be my thoughts. Uh, here's an interesting one in Dream Team: Rao versus Caldwell. Is it as simple as Rao? Next question, or is there something more to it? No, it's it's that. It's yeah. Raul's got the role. He looks so good. He's got no tape. I've never... And back the kid. I mean, I like Caldwell, but I yeah, just think too. he's an injury. He needs an injury to get the right role for the majority of time. Yep. No, I think that's fair. Uh, next question is... No, the answer is yes. We have to pay up for the cows. We just don't have the luxury of, of that. Um Next one, with Dawson's departure from the Swans, that attacking role he played on the wings is up for grabs. McInerney looked good on the weekend, but also so did Blakey. Um, who of those two do you feel is more likely to break out in 2022? Uh, McInerney obviously is the answer. But, I mean, I just think, you know what, there's a lot of, guys there that are very very they, they've gone for leg speed haven't they and mm. the speed of movement of ball yeah so i think that's a little bit concerning for a jake lloyd that they've that's gone true. that way but i think there's times where there's just so many good users of the ball with Braden campbell and everyone else back there that jake lloyd's just going to swan and he's he is going to have those you know five ten minute runs in quarters where he, where he goes 30 20. points yeah yeah exactly so i i like for, out of those two, McInerney, um, he does look a player, McInerney. He so, does, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I think he's likely to push up onto a wing more. So we'll see how that ends up. Yeah, I think so too. Rob wants to know, were the performances of McGovern, Rouse, Ralph Smith and Will Brody on the weekend legit or fool's gold? Well, I, Will Brody was great, MJ. Was Absolutely amazing. But, but what do we say? You've got to worry about the guys who aren't there. Like, and now that Nate Fight's come out and said he's just going to play midfield, what does that mean to Will Brody? Like, because I can't see Brody being selected over Sarong or Brayshaw or no. So I just think that means Brody pushes out to a wing potentially. Or um, he only plays as the first touch clearance winner and will have limited opportunities. Yeah. His percentage on ground worries me at all as that well, Brody. Yeah, so I don't know whether he's going to have the ball-winning role, and I don't think he's going to get enough percentage on ground to actually be the guy that we all wanted him to be. So, but I mean, I might, I might be wrong. Yep, no, fair enough too. Ian wants to know, which SSP players are you keen on? Pat McCartan. Yeah, he's the one. Well, Pat one. McCartan, Jack Hayes. I, I've cooled a bit on Hugh Dixon. Yep. And I, I think Patrick that. Nash, I think, is interesting. Yeah. If this continued curse at West Coast, where they just can't seem to get guys on the field for that long, carries on, by necessity he might. But even as early in the past 24 hours, Luke Shuey 
looks to be right for round one. So so that's a big, big, big move and a big play for them. So, yeah, I, I just can't trust that West Coast team. It's because there's so many injuries and so many variances. It's so hard to have confidence. But I'll um, tell you what, MJ, it. it's Patrick McCartan. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Patrick McCartan is the one out of all of them. He looks so good best. in that intercepting role. Yeah. He's he's their fullback for the year. Like it's it's Rampy and the McCartan boys that are going to get it done. I agree. Yeah, yeah. He looked excellent. Um, Craig wants to know: Is Cherry a trap? Do you think he'll be at least ruck sharing duties with Goldstein come season proper? What what do you see that split as? Yeah, but how can anyone who's priced sub three hundred thousand be a trap? You can't. So. I just I think we've got to be careful with how we say trap at times, you know, because mm. like what's the worst that happens? Like Cherry plays full forward and Coleman Jones and Goldstein play ruck in round one and it's three hundred thousand and he, he gives you a forty. That's about his price. That's what you should be expecting. Yeah, he doesn't accelerate guys. in cash. The worst so, case scenario with Cherry is he plays one game doesn't play the week after but worst case scenario is trade him to the cow you missed but i watched um the north melbourne rucks coaches mm. talking about him he seems like he's the number one choice at this point in time so and whether or not I mean, that's just confidence they're trying to bring into the kid as opposed to the true narrative but regardless yeah. he's been exceptional in the preseason. but we can only deal with what we've got we can't be jumping to shadows all the time can we yeah Beggars can't be choosers when it comes to sub 300k options this year. That that's for sure. Um, speaking of some value options, John wants to know what's your take on Jared Witts. See a few rut questions because obviously uh, things have changed uh, for those that were looking for a Bruce option. So a few have looked different. Uh, Witts a viable option in a few of these formats for you, Ritz? Uh, he's a hit out heavy ruck, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, I wonder. I wonder if they're going to manage him early, but it will all depend on Joel. And so I just don't know, MJ. Wits, I wouldn't be paying top dollar for Wits, but no. his, his value, he, he could easily have 50 hitouts a game and that's half your points to 100. Like, that's all it takes, isn't it? Yeah. It takes the right matchup in the right weather conditions and the right game styles colliding. And, and what champion data, like the what angle champion data watched the game on as well? Because yeah. like like I owned him a couple of years ago in a super coach, okay, where I I swear black and blue that he <laughs> out went to his teammate, but champion data didn't think so. So so who knows at the end of the day? But I mean, why not? If you if you've got a hunch, you've got a gut feel. I tell you what though, MJ, I'm gonna throw a name at you. Darcy yeah, please. Ford. Is there any reason why everyone's overlooking Darcy Ford? I, I don't think there's a reason why people are looking overlooking. I don't even think they've been looking at him, to be fair. Um yeah, the so matchup's Darcy nice. Darcy Ford. Well, um, he left he left Geelong to go up to Brisbane. He's also got a number one ruck that's very, very much um a time like he's probably a 60% guy. McInerney, so yeah. Darcy Fort would be a 40% time in the ruck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know he can clunk a mark. They we need a tall inside forward 50. And yeah. the options of how that ball gets in there is very, very good, that Brisbane midfield. 
And so I reckon Darcy Fort will be against the second ruck of the opposition. The majority. Yeah, so that's his... that's Hayes this week. The so round one Port Adelaide uh, is who they come up against. So Hayes, if he does get named for Port Adelaide, is who he would come up against. Yeah. So I mean, someone like a Darcy Fort might be a better value than a Jared Witts. Yeah. Um, but again, that's if you like Jared Witts, there's no reason why you shouldn't have him. No, Gold Coast take on West Coast for what it's worth, and it's the final game of the round. So there's there's a few value rucks through there. I know we've talked a lot about Proust this season and a bunch of other guys, but he's not the only guy you can kind of look at that it's a potential value one. Um, Well, there's another guy. MJ, you're big on this guy. What about Ivan from Richmond? Yeah, I really like Ivan Soldo in uh, a couple of formats, especially AFL Fantasy. If you've been bullish on Proust, Soldo's gone 70, 75, 80 in a ruck sharing role with Nane Curvis, let alone when he's been the sole ruck. Up against DeConning at Carlton, round one as a one week play, you actually make a little bunny money if you chip it down or all the way to Bruce in week two. For me, it feels like a pretty easy option to if you don't want to go up to a Marshall, you don't want to go up to a Wits, you don't want to go up to the big Gorn and Grundy combination. I really like Soldo this year. It helps me with the structure. So I have Soldo at R2 at the moment because it gives me the midfield premiums I want. Exactly. So there are options. And, and maybe that, that's an interesting way to end it because Ian's got a nice little question because it's it's looking at combinations. It's never the one for one. It's always about the combinations. So for Dream Team, he's got an interesting dilemma between these two combinations. Taranto and Kelly or Took versus the value of Heaney Butters, Dusty, Trelaw. Which of those two combinations do you like more? Option two by the length of Flemington Strait. Why is that? Well, Took's absolutely a top few Captain midfielder. Option. It doesn't yep. matter who you... Well, he, he, let's just go straight away. Second thing is he is a captain option. There's no sure. doubt about that, okay? Um, he's a lot more fun. And I, there's enough noise coming around the butters to go, you know what, or a Heaney. They're both 90, 95 types in the forward line. I don't think there's any points more expected from Taranto early days. No, I think he's priced maybe, at, maybe three to four points per game more than what he's priced at. It's very minimal, if anything. Yeah, so – and. That's just, A, it's safer, but B, there's a lot more points, I think, potentially. Yep. And this is coming from people that are big fans of Josh Kelly too. So, um, oh, We love Josh Kelly, mate. No slide that way. I think Josh Kelly could potentially go 120 this year. I feel like it's, it's in combination. Bad. Yeah, well, it's, that's right. I, I can guarantee you, though, that Tuke Miller will go 120. Yeah, it feels like injury is the only thing that's going to get in his way um, in 2022. Hey, Reed's made an absolute uh, power of effort from you, not just on this episode, but right throughout the preseason. So thank you for your work uh, on this episode and the whole preseason, mate. And I don't have to talk about Braden Proust anymore for the next week. 
<laughs> not for a week, but after round one is over, if people's R2 have not gone to plan, then maybe it'll be an interesting one to look at. If you want to go and uh, check out any of the articles that have dropped over the past couple of days, you can check it out at coachespanel.tv. We'll also be doing some team reveals of uh, some of the coaches panel across all of the formats. They'll be dropping right throughout the week. And then in the next day or so, our Patreons, any level from a breakout cash cow or premium tiers you will be getting the rookie guide 70 pages of analysis around all of the big rookies for your 2022 fantasy season their scoring prospects their job security and what they're actually like as players we've done that heavy lifting for you so you don't have to worry about it just jump on at coachespanel.tv follow the links to become a patreon supporter it's just one of the great initial benefits you get outside of knowing you help when the coaches panel do what we do every single week here talking fantasy footy. So that's it. That's our last podcast before the preseason gets underway. There's more to come at coachespanel.tv. Heaps of hidden access and groups for our Patreons to get involved. And there'll be some videos and Twitter spaces dropping over the next couple of days. Thanks for doing the preseason with us. We hope you found it enjoyable and informative and we can't wait for the season proper to get underway this Wednesday night.